Entrepreneur on Fire 506. John Lee Dumas is here with your daily dose of inspiring entrepreneurs. Welcome to Entrepreneur on Fire and prepare to ignite. Did someone say 40,000 titles? Audiobooks.com has some of your favorite business titles and they're all delivered straight to your headphones. You can get your first book for free today. Go to audiobooks.com slash fire. LegalZoom wants to help you start your business right. Visit LegalZoom.com where you'll find award-winning services developed by some of the best legal minds in the country. And don't forget to enter fire in the referral box at checkout. Okay, Fire Nation, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Nathan Cotney. Nathan, are you prepared to ignite? Definitely, let's do it. <laughs> All right. Nathan is the founder of two Y Combinator companies, Inkling and City Posh. Inkling was in the second batch of YC in the winter of 2006 and is still profitable and growing today. After City Posh, he was a software engineer for President Obama's re-election campaign. Nathan's new focus is draft, which we are sure to dive into today. Given our listeners just a little overview, Nathan, so take a minute. Tell us about you personally because we want to get to know you. Then give us an overview of your business. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so if we go way back, I, uh, I used to be a chemical engineer, um, you know, in college, that's what I was studying to do. And I worked at a place at a, uh, at a uranium processing plant, um, you know, walking through a Geiger counter every day. And so that was my background, uh, you know, when I was kind of getting out of college and I realized from working at a uranium processing plant, like I didn't, I didn't want that to be my life. And so I, um, I took a lot of steps to try and I realized coincidentally during that internship at, at the plant, at, at the chemical plant, that I wanted to do more stuff with computers. I, I loved working on computers. I loved building websites. And I wanted that to be my career. I wanted to, to build businesses that way. And so, you know, just uh, through a lot of stops and starts and, and, and problem starting businesses, I finally started inkling with Y Combinator, kind of a, uh, you know, a popular uh, angel fund uh, you know, incubator for lack of a better word, uh, got started with them at the end of 2005, beginning of 2006 was my first business. Um, and that, that went pretty well. I mean, that was definitely a struggle and it went pretty well and I had the itch to do it again. I wanted to see if I, you know, was, could be a serial entrepreneur or just I, a one hit wonder. Right. I didn't want to be the <laughs> one hit wonder. And, uh, so I tried it again in 2011 and that went terribly. That was awful. Uh, we, we really sucked and, and, and we can talk about more, more about that, but I really didn't succeed at doing it the second time. And, and I realized I I needed a break from entrepreneurship. I worked for six months on a tech team for the Obama campaign. It was a nice way to kind of step back and reevaluate what I was doing. And, uh, after the campaign, I I started doing some small experiments with what was next and draft came out of it. And draft is a thing I'm working on today. Well, Nathan, what a journey. I mean, I'm already excited to dive into a number of different elements that you've already brought up. But before we do, we always start Entrepreneur on Fire Off with a success quote. So take it away. There's a blogger who has been a hero of mine for a long time, uh, a lady named Kathy Sierra. 
she writes a blog. She wrote a blog called Creating Passionate Users uh, back in, in, in like maybe 2009, 2008. She took a, a long break from it. She's, she's back online now on Twitter, and she, she writes another blog. Her philosophy has been something that's been fueling how I do things. And it's, it's, uh, you know, she's got a blog post you can look up that I recommend everyone read. But her main insight is you can outspend or you can outteach. Uh, you know, in her, her whole, you know, she's talking about, you know, trying to market products and get the word out there about your products. And, you know, you could be blessed and have a lot of money and try and interrupt people with, with an ad budget and try and buy things to get in front of people, or you could do something that scales a lot better and makes a much better impression with people, which is teaching them how to be better at what they want to do and, and becoming a teacher and, you know, building an audience of students who, you know, propel uh, the stuff that you eventually want to sell out in the world. So yeah, you can outspend or outteach, and she really recommends outteaching. And that's the mantra behind Entrepreneur on Fire, Nathan. We're all about teaching and sharing the journeys, and it's worked really well for us. And I'm seeing many other industries and niches finding a lot of success in that way. So great Definitely. mantra. And what's that blog post that you're recommending? Look up OutTeach or OutSpend and you'll find it at the top of Google. So her blog is Creating Passionate Users. Uh, there's a treasure trove of, of stuff she's got on there. Um, yeah, and, and I even have an anecdote. Uh, there was, my garbage disposal broke this weekend and I was looking for a plumber to kind of help me out. I'm not really handy around the house. And I was looking <laughs> for a, a plumber. And the, the top plumber that I found on Yelp was a guy who he had dozens and dozens and dozens of five-star Yelp reviews and all of them were something to the effect of, I called the plumber and he taught me on the phone how to fix my problem. You know, he showed me the three places where garbage disposals leak. He didn't even have to come out. He did it for free. He saved me $150. Here's a guy teaching people how not to use him as a plumber. And yet he's getting, you know, tons of reviews. I'm sure his, his plumbing business is doing great for the people who do need him when, when problems are much bigger than simple leaks they can fix on their own. It's a great way to run a business. Wow, what a great analogy. That's inspiring for so many different reasons. And speaking of inspiring, Nathan, your journey that you shared very briefly in the intro is inspiring. And I want to take a little different twist with Entrepreneur on Fire because normally we start with a failure and then move into an aha moment, then move into a success. But your journey is a little different. You actually started with a success and then followed up with a failure. And now you're working on something that you're very passionate about. So let's just do this. Let's just talk about your entrepreneurial journey. Start us back with Inkling and the experience you had with that. What was the idea? Where did that aha moment come from? Walk us through that process and really teach us what you learned. Sure. You know, I mean, I had definitely had failures before Inkling of, of just even trying to get a business started. I mean, I, it took me a while. I mean, out of school, out of college, when I wanted, I realized I really wanted to start my own business. And it still took a good, I don't know, six, seven years before I finally pulled the trigger and, and got started with Inkling. And there were little, little tiny, you know, startups and, 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 and failures along the way. But I mean, most of it was just me, you know, not diving in truly. It was me over-researching things. Uh, Inkling was finally me, you know, just giving it my all and saying, hey, let's, uh, let's quit our jobs and actually do something. Inkling is, is, a, is, uh, is kind of wisdom of the crowd software. It's a tool that helps people kind of gather the wisdom of their employees or their fans. 
uh, it asks people questions that they can place these like little virtual bets on. So you can ask, you know, your employees, Hey, do you think this project is going to get done on time? And people can make these little bets. And we sell this software to Fortune 500 companies. Our best clients are, our best client is probably the U.S. federal government. You know, it's companies that have, you know, big organizations and, and lots and lots of employees. Um, and yeah, and, and it was a struggle. I mean, we didn't, we, we bootstrapped it. We got a little money from Y Combinator, but it was, you know, $18,000. It wasn't, it wasn't enough to do much with it except for like pay for or rent when we rented a house in, in Silicon <laughs> Valley. Um, but it was just us hustling and, and working every day. You know, we took kind of the long-term approach that we weren't going to just work on this for three months. Why Combinator is this three-month program, and a lot of people just go through it expecting they're going to land a bunch of money from a venture capitalist or they're going to start making really big deals with, with clients right away. With us, it took a long time. I mean, I don't think we did a, a decent deal for maybe nine months after we started the business, but we realized we were in it for the long term, and we just kept hustling. We just kept talking to people and and trying to to make money. And eventually, the stuff the stuff worked out because we kept putting in the effort. Um, and yeah, like I said, I, I tried again in 2011. Took another business through Y Combinator, and that time it just it just failed awful. Like I, I really I, I got my priorities mixed up, kind of how to do a business, and and it really didn't work out that time. So let's really walk through City Posh because I sure. feel like we could learn a lot through that. Definitely. So tell us your idea, the light bulb that went off, or so you thought for City Posh it's specifically, true. and then the steps you took to at least try to turn it into a success. Right. So City Posh came, you know, here, here I was trying to, like we talked about earlier, like not be this one hit wonder. I wanted to, to, to see if I could create a second company that did something very different. And I got, at the time, I was very interested in online games and, and gaming. Um, and I wanted to see if I could kind of make my own games. And so City Posh came from uh, this desire to see if I could make my own games. So I would take popular games like Bejeweled. You know, it's that game on Facebook where you're matching up the jewels. Right. And, you know, you match them up, they explode, you get points or whatever. I wanted, one, to see if I could make my own. Two, I wanted to see if I could make it easily customizable so that I, instead of jewels, I could put in, um, you know, pictures of, of my friends or whatever. And I came up with this idea that what if we went out to, you know, my partner, and I came up and said, hey, what if we went out to companies like The Gap and asked them, hey, we've created all these popular games like Bejeweled, but we could take images of your sweaters and your jeans and stuff from your online catalog and put them in our game. So instead of people matching up jewels, they're matching up you know, pictures of, of the new jeans this season. That could maybe be something you, that would help you to do brand marketing. Right. And, you know, and maybe people would buy a lot of jeans after they play these games for hours. And so we did that. And, and we, we were successful building these games. And you know, we did Y Combinator over this three-month kind of you know, boot camp period. And we built all these games. We actually had clients using this. People like ABC Television was using it with uh, images of actors in their new television shows they were trying to promote. And what we realized was that we, um, we it was hard making sales. You know, people, it was very experimental. People weren't realizing kind of what kind of return on investment they were getting. And it really dawned on us that the, the low point in all of this was at this uh, demo day, Y Combinator at the end of three months does a demo day in front of all of the most elite investors uh, and people you can imagine. There's, um, 
you know, people who've obviously invested in Google and Facebook and Apple. And there's guys like Ashton Kutcher is there. You know, he's, he's this big investor in, in the tech scene now. And what I really remember is, you know, we did our presentation about what we were up to. And, you know, we're supposed to go out and, you know, mingle with investors and try and get people's attention. Nobody cared what we were doing. Nobody talked to us. Nobody walked up to us and was really interested in, in City Posh. And I remember we, we were backstage and had this moment to talk to uh, uh, Ashton Kutcher. And Demi Moore was there, too. And we had this private moment and we're chatting him up. And he's he's interested, you know, he's he's open-minded, but he really doesn't care. He was, he was really just trying to get us to shut up when we were talking about City Posh. Um, he really wasn't interested. And at the whole end of this thing, I just realized, like, we've been working on something that just people don't care about. Um, you know, sitting in the parking lot outside of this thing, calling my wife, just telling her how bad of a day this has is, is been. You know, and, and here we are at the end of three months of doing all this work on City Posh and nobody cares. Um, it sucked. It was a really low point in realizing maybe I was a one-hit wonder. Maybe I was really doing this wrong. So Nathan, let's really kind of drill this down here because you just shared a lot of pain. You shared a lot of agony in those three months of putting in the hard work and the effort. But what we can do from this is we can learn. We can really take the lessons and desire that you have to drive on. And obviously you've gone for to create draft and other things as well. What would you boil it down for Fire Nation into just one lesson that you learned from the City Posh failure? So the aha moment, the, the thing that, that, that I really learned from this was I was focusing on technology first and I was focusing on, you know, making something cool first instead of studying a task or a job that my potential customers actually have. Um, when I flipped this around and I started studying actual jobs and tasks people have now in the writing world with draft, when I started studying the tasks people have as writers, now everything is different. Um, I can actually make solutions people actually have a need for and have a big desire for, unlike what I was creating with City Posh. Okay, so before we go forward, let's even turn the wheels back because we never really got to specifically touch upon your success with Inkling. So you obviously learned a lot from that because it's still profitable today. So you did something right. Share with Fire Nation what it is that you think that you did right with Inkling and how you think the listeners could potentially replicate that. When I started Inkling, I got really interested in the wisdom of crowds. There was a very popular book back in the day, uh, The Wisdom of Crowds by a guy named James Sirwecki. And I mean, I realized companies were starting to try this stuff already. There was a lot of examples of you know, companies that were playing and experimenting with technology to try and gather opinions from their crowds. But as we tried to look at the marketplace and we looked at how people were using this technology, it was still very difficult. There was a lot of steps to work with this type of thing. Number one, you'd have to you know, it was very still like a very sales oriented process. So you'd have to call up a sales guy. You'd have to, you know, do a deal to get them to install this software. None of it was online. And so the, the thing that we did right with Inkling was simply to remove a lot of those steps. You know, we studied this, this task people have. They wanted to gather the wisdom of, of their crowd and they had all these steps they still had to do to install software, talk to salespeople, uh, just to get started. And so we made it super simple to get started with Inkling. You could sign up online. Uh, I mean, this was still back in 2005. I think, you know, many more people are doing this today. But I mean, we made it just so that you could, in two steps, you'd have the ability to use this type of software, this, you know, wisdom of crowds, prediction market software without 
much effort at all. In, in two minutes, you'd have a website and the software to start using with your company uh, that you couldn't with competitors that day. And so we did it right there. You know, we focused on what people wanted and just started removing steps. And that was a, a huge success for us to be able to do that. So let's move forward, Nathan, because you've kept driving on. You had an early success, and then you had a later failure. And a lot of people might be like, you know what? I was a one-hit wonder, and it's time to hang it up and go back to, quote-unquote, the real world. But you know, you knew deep down you had another winner inside. So take us through the early stages of draft and where you're at now and what you see as the future. So I, I was able to take a little break with that Obama campaign. It gave me, you know, nice six months kind of away from entrepreneurship to kind of reevaluate what I was doing. And one of the things that I really realized that worked at Inkling was this this ability to kind of remove steps and to simplify things that I wasn't doing at City Posh. And so with draft, like I said, like I came back out of the Obama campaign and was just looking at things that one that you know tasks that I had. And I realized, you know, I, I was blogging a lot, I was writing a lot, I was trying to teach people things online, and I had all these tasks and jobs that I had writing that were still really complicated. I would send a document to my wife to get copy edited, and she'd copy and paste this thing into a Word document and send me back the Word document. I've got to open up Word now to incorporate her changes back into my blog post that's in another tool. And it was just this lengthy process to do simple tasks I had as a writer. And so, you know, kind of like what I realized we were doing right at Inkling of removing steps, that's all I focused on with draft was how can I remove steps and friction with the way I write and with the tasks I have as a writer. And so I just started doing that little by little. I would just put out a little thing, you know, a simple way of doing version control with my writing, a simple way of sharing a, a document with my wife to get her edits. And as I just built up little things it just start, has started taking off. Um, I immediately, I didn't, I didn't wait and build like a big complicated solution. Draft was built, the core of draft that before I put it out there for people to use was built in a weekend. Um, you know, and, but in one weekend, I solved the problem people already had by, and removed a few steps people had doing version control. And little by little, just building up and iterating on that simple little thing I made, it's become a much bigger product and, and a lot more people are using it today. So Nathan, if you had to drill it down to this point in your entrepreneurial journey, what has been your proudest moment? The proudest moment is that comeback, man. It, you know, <laughs> it sucked failing and, you know, there was a lot of doubt. Uh, you know, when I failed at City Posh, I mean, I was definitely thinking like, man, I, maybe I do need to hang it up and, and go get a corporate job again. But so the proudest moment I have is, is just sticking with it, uh, you know, analyzing what went right with inkling, analyzing what, you know, taking the time to just kind of even research, you know, what other successful entrepreneurs are doing and innovators are doing, and then using that to fuel what I'm doing at draft. Um, you know, I really, I really, you know, look up to entrepreneurs like, you know, uh, Steve Jobs, who was able to, you know, do something successful when he first started Apple, he failed again. Then he was able to do Pixar, return to Apple, do, you know, successful product after successful product. You know, I'm minuscule compared to, you know, being someone like a Steve Jobs, but being able to do something twice now is, is definitely fuel for, you know, letting me know, hey, maybe entrepreneurship isn't a, uh, it's, it's definitely in my genes and something I can keep doing. Anybody who's seen Rocky 3, Nathan, knows the power of the comeback. Nobody can ever settle for failing, for being knocked down and knocked out when you know that deep down you still have something inside. And you Definitely. knew that, Nathan. 
And that's something that I want to focus on because Nathan, today you and I, we're speaking to Fire Nation. We're having a conversation with entrepreneurs, with entrepreneurs, with small business owners, people who have been knocked down like you have, like I have, people who have failed, who have faced challenges and obstacles. How do you, Nathan Cotney, deal with the roller coaster ride of being an entrepreneur, of those highest of highs, of those lowest of lows? I know that I have to face that on a weekly basis. I know that so many of the listeners do. How do you deal with it? Yeah, for me, it's been just a lot about practice. I mean, it, my blog is a good example of this. I mean, I was very interested in writing years ago, and I would try blog post after blog post, and some things would work, some things wouldn't. I kind of got sick of the things that wouldn't and, kind of, and just kind of gave up. I went on a really long hiatus, not really ever intending to come back to blogging. And I really regret it. And, and when I came back to blogging about a couple years ago, um, I promised myself that I would publish a blog post once a week. And I wouldn't, I w- I wouldn't let whether or not it, you know, it spread or whether or not I got a lot of likes or people spreading this thing to phase me that much because I was going to show up again next week regardless. And when I looked at it in, with that approach that I was going to just do it once a week no matter what and I was going to do it for the long term, things really changed. The, the lows didn't matter as much when, when a blog post was only read by four people uh, it didn't really matter that much because I knew I was going to show up next week anyways. So it's, it's taking that long view and realizing entrepreneurship's a long game. We're not here to just kind of do something in a few months and cash out. You know, we're doing this because entrepreneurship is a career. You know, we're supposed to enjoy this hopefully the rest of our lives. And so when, when you think that you're going to be doing this for the rest of your life, it's, it's easier to kind of deal with the lows because, you know, hey, it's, it's going to happen. You're going to have highs again, too, when you're doing this for the next, you know, a, a single business for the next 10 to 15 years. So well said, Nathan. And before we dive into the lightning round, let's thank our partners. Are you one of those daredevils who's always standing right at the edge, ready to jump? There are certain things in life that will reward you for that, like being an entrepreneur. You have to be willing to take risks to start and grow a company. That's for sure. But something you definitely shouldn't take risks with is legal protection. If you're ready to start your business, then the time to secure legal protection is now. And LegalZoom can help. LegalZoom offers affordable legal protection you can trust. Ready to start and maintain your business with incorporation and LLC filings, trademarks and copyrights? They've got you covered. An important note, LegalZoom is not a law firm, but they can connect you to an attorney and provide self-help services at your specific direction. For even more savings, enter FIRE in the referral box at checkout. If you're a parent or entrepreneur, don't wait any longer. Call or visit LegalZoom.com and protect what's yours. Thanks to Audiobooks.com, I've listened to more than four audiobooks in the last month alone. It's not that I don't love reading, but being able to listen allows me to still get other stuff done, like working out or driving at the same time. There are a ton of things I love about audiobooks.com, but one thing that really gets me fired up is their great selection of business titles. Remember hearing Tim Ferriss' interview on EO Fire? What about Gary Vaynerchuk? Well, Audiobooks has titles like The 4-Hour Workweek and Crush It, waiting in their online library just for you, along with over 40,000 others. I also love their membership benefits. When you become a member, you'll get one audiobook per month plus 33% off each additional title you listen to. Sound like a great deal? 
You can get started today by going to audiobooks.com slash fire. Once you sign up, you'll get your first book free. That's audiobooks.com slash fire. And this is just a perfect segue to my favorite part of the show, and that's the lightning rounds. Awesome. This is where I get to ask you a series of questions, and you come back at us, Fire Nation style, with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Sure, let's do it. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Simply getting started. I used to over-research everything all the time. You know, I'd have an idea and I just wouldn't get started. I think a lot of people, you can, an analogy is like a chef or a guy who likes to cook. Um, most people who like to cook, they have this dream of opening up a restaurant. That's a really large step that I don't think most people really need to take and they over-research this stuff. I met a guy a couple years ago named Abe Conlin, who he was already a talented chef, but instead of opening up a restaurant, he started a little underground dinner service where he would charge people on PayPal and online. And he didn't have to worry about real estate and menus, and he didn't have to worry about, you know, uh, you know, opening up a whole full-fledged restaurant. And then he, you know, he got to start kind of doing this type of thing with, with these underground dinner parties. Today, he finally did open up a restaurant and it's ranked in the top five new restaurants of 2013. And he did that just by starting small, not overthinking something, but just getting a little thing out the door today, something he could do without, you know, the whole uh, effort of opening up a restaurant. Great advice. And speaking of advice, what's the best advice you've ever received? I think it's Kathy Sierra's stuff. I got to repeat that stuff. You know, pe- just teach people. You can outspend or outteach your competition, and it's so much better to outteach your competition. Go be a teacher. That is the best way to start forming an audience around you, uh, getting people to spread the word about your doing, help people to, you know, get better at what they want to do. Treat them like students, not just like customers. Nathan, I love when themes develop in my interviews, and the theme here is out-teach. You've done a great job percolating that, and I think it's a wonderful message for Fire Nation, so thank you. Sure. Awesome. Can you share one of your personal habits that you believe contributes to your success? Draft has spread largely because I've been able to create this audience around things like my blog, and the thing that, that helped my blog like I said earlier, is simply just publishing something once a week, committing to just that habit. When I turned publishing a single blog post into a habit, you know, it was easy to get through the lows and it became uh, something that little by little has taken off. And now I have a lot of readers and a lot of people paying attention. I didn't have these people around three years ago, but it was only because it was this habit that I've stuck to for the long term. I would definitely recommend you know, starting a blog and writing and publishing just something simple to teach people to get better at something once a week. Do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're in love with that you can share with our listeners? Definitely. So I use something with Draft right now to message with my customers called Intercom. And it's a really great way of, of, uh, they make it really easy to kind of understand who my customers are, you know, what they're using in draft. It's just a really great all around kind of like Swiss army knife to messaging customers. And it's been very useful for me to, uh, kind of understand how people use draft and to make their lives better with draft. Well, Fire Nation, you can find the links to this resource and everything that we're chatting about here today at eofire.com slash Nathan Cotney. And Nathan, if you could recommend just one book for our listeners, what would it be? There's a book called Something Really New by a guy named Dennis Helpley. And he brings up kind of what I was talking about earlier about 
looking at, at, at problems people have as tasks, you know, studying a task someone has, breaking that task into steps, and then removing steps. And that's, that's what you, you could do to really create innovative products. And when I started doing that, I mean, that was my aha moment to creating stuff with a draft. I really recommend that book. You'll look at innovation in a very different way. Well, Fire Nation, I know that you love audio. So if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audio book just like this one for free at eofirebook.com. That's eofirebook.com. And Nathan, this next question is the last of the lightning rounds, but it's a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? Like I brought up with teaching, if I only had seven days, I would just start teaching people. I would start a blog. There are things that you can do in your neighborhood. I've got a a little place in my neighborhood right now that uh, I could walk in and start teaching a class. You can do this, you know, tons of places online like Coursera. You know, start teaching people and forming this audience around you. Uh, You know, in seven days, you're likely not going to be able to build an entire giant business, but you can start, you know, forming the seeds of people following you and an audience following what you do so that when you do have a business and things to sell a year from now or, or even earlier, people will be there to pay attention. So Nathan, I have really enjoyed hearing your journey and you've spoken of it so eloquently, again, from the success, then to the failure, and then now into something you're so passionate about. Let's end by giving Fire Nation just one piece of guidance, then the best way that we can find you, and then we'll say goodbye. The best guidance that I have for people is just to start something. There's a lot of people just, they'll have an idea and they'll go to a place like Reddit and they'll just try and ask for tons of feedback before they ever even get started. And before you know it, they never get started. They spend a year just asking people and telling their friends about their idea, but they never actually accomplish anything. Give yourself 48 hours. Give yourself one week and just put out a little something that represents something that you can sell and just iterate from there. Just build up from something small. Um, best place to reach me and, and kind of keep track of what I'm doing is just my blog, Ninjas and Robots at ninjasandrobots.com or Twitter, just Nate Cotney on Twitter. Well, Nate, Fire Nation is well aware. They can find the links to everything that we're chatting about here today at eofire.com. They can click on the podcast tab because you are hanging out in the archives or just enter Nathan in the search bar and his show notes page will pop right up. And Nathan, thank you for being so generous with your time, your experience, your expertise. Fire Nation salutes you and we'll catch you on the flip side. See you, man. Thank you. Fire Nation, have you ever heard of Rike? Well, if you've been looking for an all-in-one collaboration and project management app that will make your team's work both easy and stress-free, Rike is for you. With Rike, your projects will always be on track and your team in perfect sync. Go to rike.com slash fire to start a free 30-day premium subscription of Rike and get more things done together with your team. W-R-I-K-E dot com slash fire. Thank you so much for joining us today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head on over to eofire.com for full recaps of every show, our amazing blog articles and resources, and just plain fun. Your entrepreneurial journey awaits, so prepare to ignite. 